Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. Today, we are looking to start our week with some wisdom and some encouragement. We're going to be looking at Psalm 56 today, which is a fairly short one. Uh, But we're going to be looking at the commentary also from Matthew Henry Uh, just to help give us a deeper understanding. So 13 verses, then we'll read the commentary, and hopefully you'll be strengthened uh, from that this morning. And then we are also working through Ecclesiastes, which is a little more uh, difficult and not necessarily encouraging so much as it is just pure wisdom. And it's a continued, today we're, we're going to do chapter 2, which is a continuation of this understanding that the pursuit of pleasure is meaningless and vanity. And even when you obtain everything there is to obtain, as King Solomon did, you still find it to be unsatisfying. And that's a, this is a hard lesson to learn. Um, and many of you may know, maybe you buy something that you think you really need, and then moments later you're like, I don't even care about this. Like, it's, it didn't bring me any satisfaction. Or you compromise for some pleasure, and you realize, I wish I just would have been obedient to God. It's an important lesson to learn. Solomon knew it better than anyone, and so we'll look at that today. So that is what is on our agenda. I pray these words go forth and pierce hearts and cause you to draw closer to God and to His Son, Jesus. And I just pray you'll be blessed this morning. Let's take a look. Psalm 56, King James Bible. This is a psalm of when David, uh, uh, well, it says, if you you have a King James Bible, mine says, uh, it's a mitcham of David when the Philistines took him in Gath. So he's under this pressure, and he's crying out to God. So let's have a look. Psalm 56, verse 1. Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up, he fighting daily to oppress me. My enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me, O thou most high Time, I am afraid I will trust in thee. In God I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Every day they rest my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather themselves together. They hide themselves. They mark my steps when they wait for my soul. Shall they escape by iniquity? In thy anger cast down the people, O God. Thou tellest my wanderings, put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? When I cry unto thee, then shall my enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. In God I will praise his words, in the Lord will I praise his word. 
In God I have put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. Thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render praises unto thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death. Will not thou deliver my feet from falling? That I may walk before God in the light of the living. All right. So that's Psalm 56. One of the things that jumps out to me the most um, would be verse 8. He says, Thou tellest my wanderings. Put thy te my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? It's obvious that David believes that God is keeping track. He is paying attention. Every tear that you've cried has been accounted for. Everything that's happened to you, good, bad, is recorded in the books in heaven. Everything is documented. I don't know what that looks like when we actually enter into heaven, but I just have a feeling that there's more. There must be the largest library that, it, that you could even conceive, and every little detail is accounted for. Let me read this commentary from Matthew Henry, and it really deals with verses 8 through 13, verse 8 being the one I just uh, reiterated there. Here's what he says. He says, The heavy and continued trials through which many of the Lord's people have passed should teach us to be silent and patient under lighter crosses. Yet we are temp often tempted to repine and to despond under small sorrows. For this we should check ourselves. David comforts himself in his distress and fear that God noticed all his grievances and all his griefs. God has a bottle and a book for his people's tears, both the tears of their sins and those of their afflictions. He observes them with tender concern. Every true believer may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and then I will not fear what man shall do unto me, for man has no power but what is given him from above. Thy vows are upon me, O Lord, not as a burden, but as that by which I am known to be thy servant, as a bridle that restrains me from what would be hurtful and directs me in the way of my duty, and vows of thankfulness properly accompanying prayers for mercy. If God delivers us from sin, either from doing it or by pardoning mercy, he has delivered our souls from death, which is the wages of sin. Where the Lord has begun a good work, he will carry it on to perfect it. David hopes that God would keep him even from the appearance of sin. We should aim in all our desires and expect expectation of deliverance, both from sin and trouble, that we may do the better service to the Lord that we may serve him without fear. If his grace has delivered our souls from the death of sin, he will bring us to heaven to walk before him forever in light. And so that is the commentary from Matthew Henry. It spoke to me. I hope it's speaking to you this morning. You know, we should be praying 
not only that God would deliver us from sin or like uh, what David has prayed in the Psalms, keep me from presumptuous sin. In other words, intentional sin. Keep me from doing that, Lord. There needs to be a revival in this country, right? One of the things that that the Christian church really needs to get back to, what we really need is a holiness movement where the body of Christ, where the people of God actually care about righteousness and holiness and walking in it. But that's a whole other argument, isn't it? I just feel like there's not many who even want to avoid the appearance of sin, much less avoid sin itself, as David wanted to avoid it. Let's move on. Ecclesiastes chapter 2. Continuation. The proof that pleasure ends in emptiness. Here's what Solomon had to say about that. I said in my heart, Go to now, I will prove thee with myrrh. Therefore enjoy pleasure, and behold, this also is vanity. Instead of laughter, it is mad, and of myrrh, what, what doeth it? I sought in my heart to give myself unto wine, yet acquainting mine heart with wisdom, and to lay hold on folly till I might see what was that good for the sons of men, which they do under the heaven all the days of their life. I made me great works, and I builded me houses, I planted me vineyards. I made me gardens and orchards, and I planted trees in them of all kind of fruits. I made me pools of water, to water therewith the wood that bringeth forth trees. I got me servants and maidens, and had servants born in my house. Also I had great possessions, of great and small cattle, above all that were in Jerusalem before me. I gathered me also silver and gold and peculiar treasures of kings and of provinces. I got me men singers and women singers and the delights of the sons of men as musical instruments and that of all sorts. So I was great and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me. And whatsoever my eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my portion of all my labor. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do, and behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. Okay, please note, that's the first half of chapter 2, and we'll read the next half here in just a second. Let's take note of what Solomon is saying. He's saying, I've sought to give myself everything. Like, I've done the wine thing, I've done the myrrh thing, and what was the point, he says. He's like, and then, furthermore, I just went out to get everything, right? Like, I built it myself everything. I built it houses and vineyards, gardens and orchards, pools of water. I had servants and maidens. I so much so and for so long that I even had more servants born into my house. 
I had the silver and I had the gold. I had all the treasures that kings could have. I had musical instruments, people playing them, singers around me. I increased more than anyone who ever lived in Jerusalem before. Not only that, I still had my wisdom that was God-given. Anything my eyes saw, he says in verse 10, anything, anything that I found desirable, that I looked upon, I had. I didn't keep any form of pleasure or joy from myself. And what I discovered is that it's all for nothing. It doesn't satisfy. It's all for nothing. It's all vanity. It's all vanity. We've all sought for things, right? The thing is, when you obtain something, now you need something better. And the hunger never ends. There's always that next phase, whether it's your career, whether it's wealth, whether whatever the pleasure is, it's like I need to take that to, a, to the next level. It's all vanity. It never satisfies. And Solomon's saying, I've had it all. You name it, I've had it. I'm telling you, it's all worthless. Let's continue on. Verse 12, And I turned myself to behold wisdom and madness and folly. For what can the man do that cometh after the king? Even that which hath been already done. Then I saw that wisdom excelleth folly as far as light excelleth darkness. The wise man's eyes are in his head, but the fool walketh in darkness. And I myself perceived also that one event happeneth to them all. But then I said in my heart, as it happeneth to a fool, so it happeneth even to me. And why was I then more wise? Then I said in my heart, that is also, that also is vanity. Please note, he's saying, look, I'm noticing that here I am wise, but the same things that befall fools befall me. So what good is it to have all this wisdom? He's saying, it's, it, even my wisdom is vanity. Like I, you would think of all things, that would be vanity, but... That wouldn't be vanity, but that's been my experience is what he's saying. He says, let me read verse 15 just one more time. Then I said in my heart, as it happeneth to a fool, so it happeneth even to me. And why was I then more wise? Then I said in my heart that this also is vanity. Verse 16, For there is no remembrance of the wise more than of a fool forever, seeing that which now is in the days to come shall all be forgotten. And how dieth a wise man as the fool? He's saying you're not going to... A, a wise person is not going to be remembered any more than a foolish person, you know? We all die. Verse 17, Therefore I hated life, because the work that is wrought under the sun is grievous unto me, for all is vanity and vexation of spirit. Yea, I hated all my labor which I had taken under the sun, because I should leave it unto the man that should be after me. He's saying all this work, everything I've done. I started to despise it, because guess what? I'm going to die, and then somebody else is going to possess it anyway. <laughs> I mean, the Ecclesiastes can be disheartening 
with its blunt truth. That at the end of the day, aside from serving God and and say and and pursuing souls for the kingdom and the work of the kingdom and the things that lead to eternity and the things that store up treasures for you in heaven, everything else will prove to be unsatisfying and completely worthless. You know, Jesus says, don't store up treasures here, right? Like, don't set out to store up treasures here where it can be stolen or it can rust or, you know. Instead, store up treasures for yourself in heaven, which is eternal, where things can't be stolen and things never rust or decay. But everything you're storing up for yourself here, it's worth it. You're going to die. It's going to belong to somebody else. It's going to rot. You're going to pursue that pleasure only to find out you're still unsatisfied. And now you just have the grief that comes along with pursuing that thing. Verse 18, Yea, I hated all my labor which I had taken under the sun because I should leave it unto a man that shall be after me. Verse 19, And who knoweth whether he shall be wise man or a fool? Yet shall he have rule over all my labor wherein I have labored, and wherein I have showed myself wise unto the sun. This is also vanity. So he's saying, even after I'm gone, somebody else is going to take possession of my stuff and my work and everything I've built and... The, per- the person after me might be a complete idiot. So he's saying, it's all vanity. It's all vanity. Verse 20, Therefore I went about to cause my heart to despair of all the labor which I have taken under the sun. For there is a man whose labor is in wisdom and in knowledge and in equity, yet to a man that hath not labored therein shall he leave it for his portion. This also is vanity and a great evil. For what hath a man of all his labor? And at the vexation of his heart, wherein he hath labored under the sun? For all his days are sorrows, and his travail grief. Yea, his heart taketh not rest in the night. This is also vanity. There is nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink, that he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor. This also I saw, that it was from the hand of God. For who can eat, or who else can hasten hereto more than I? For God giveth to a man that is good in his heart wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner he giveth travail, to gather and to heap up, that he may give it to him that is good before God. This is also vanity and vexation of spirit. I know it's somber, my friends. That's the end of Ecclesiastes chapter 2. But it's the truth, right? The Word of God is telling us, hey, these pursuits, even if you obtain it all, you will sit back and realize you shouldn't have labored for it. (laughs) Maybe you should have spent your time doing something more meaningful because the pursuit of pleasure and things just never satisfies. I pray that you've been blessed this morning. I hope that your hearts have been pierced and you've been strengthened and you have a little more wisdom and a little bit of encouragement to start your week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers. Please consider supporting the mission of truth. Uh, 
becoming a Patreon subscriber and helping out monthly, uh, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash truthfed. All the links are in the description there at the YouTube channel. Or if you're a podcast listener and you just go to descriptionprophecy.com, there's a support and donate tab at the top, and that's how you can support this work. Lord willing, I'll be back with you again on Wednesday. Peace and grace be with all of you, and until next time, God bless.